This is episode 30, and it is going to be a bit of a special episode this week. If everything goes according to plan, I will be hiking Mount Kilimanjaro right now, so I won't be around to record a podcast. So we have decided to repeat last year December's episode number five, which was how to survive the holidays. Still just as relevant, still just as on point. So I hope you guys enjoy and I'll see you in the new year. As usual, this episode is sponsored by Vitaforce, a proudly South African brand that produces top quality vitamins and mineral supplements. You can find out more at www.sleekgeek.co.za forward slash Vitaforce. Welcome to the Sleek Geek Health Revolution podcast. My name is Eric Charles and I am here with Ilan Lohman to help you discover how you can build healthy habits and live a better life. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get to it. It is your fearless leader, Ilan, here, and I'm here with Eric. How's it, Eric? How are you doing? Hey, I'm good yourself. Wonderful. Today, we are talking about how to navigate the holiday periods, mm. how to survive the holidays with your health intact. Um, you know, at the time of the recording of this podcast, we are going into our summer holidays in South Africa. And 10th of December. I can't believe how quickly the time has flown. I know. Where did this year go, right? And, you know, we asked the community what they'd like to hear in the next podcast, and they all asked for holiday tips. But if you have caught this podcast in the future sometime, or if it's not around holiday time, mm. the tips that we're going to give you right now, you can use to navigate any trip, uh, a business trip, any holiday, and actually even just your weekend. The tips that we're going to give you today can help you just navigate um, the weekend. So do listen in. We've got lots of powerful stuff for you. And yeah, I think Eric, we'll probably just get straight into the tips. Let's do it. Let's get to the meat of it. Okay, so I think that guys, the key thing to do is if you're going to um, look at planning how you are going to survive your holidays, your weekend, whatever it might be, is to start with the end in mind. I think mm. this is really important is to set an expectation of what success looks like for you. So this is almost like what you are willing and willing to tolerate and what you're willing not to tolerate, right? Exactly. Like it's kind of like when you think to yourself, when I get to the end of that three-week holiday, mm. when I get to the end of when that January trip, 1st comes. When I come home, when I arrive back at the airport mm. or, you know, even like you could be thinking on Friday when Monday comes, this is where I'd like to be. Right. So you already know because that's going to determine your strategy because mm. I think this is going to be different for every person. Yes. Because people have got different priorities. You know, person A might be sitting here thinking, I'm feeling gung-ho at the moment. I'm really uncomfortable. I want to keep up the momentum. I've just like, I've just lost a whole lot of weight in the Sleeky eight-week challenge. And I want to keep up that momentum. Yeah. I want to actually use the time this holiday to double down and lose more weight. Nice. Yeah. Because some people actually find that when they have more time and not have to stress about work and that kind of thing, it's easier to focus for sure, I really, I really like that mindset. You know, like we often say we don't have enough time, we don't have energy. Yeah. But here the holidays are where we have more time and we have more energy. Yeah. Let's put it to great use. Let's have like that sleep geek mindset. Exactly. Where we're thinking, how can I actually put this to good use? So some people are in that space of, mm. I want more results. Some people are in that space of, you know what? I'm happy where I am right now. Um, if I can just 
make it through the holidays having maintained this, mm. I'll be happy. That's a thumbs up. Nice. And, and you know what, guys? I think, to me, if you can go through a holiday and come out the other side where you went in, to me, that's massive success. That's a massive progress. You know, the average person alone, just throughout the year, gains more and more weight, gets more and more unhealthy. Yeah. So if you can just simply maintain throughout the year, that's, you're actually doing pretty well. And if you can do that during the holidays, yeah. you're doing phenomenally. Yeah, it is a challenging time. Or what you might say is, you know what? I accept that in the holidays, there's lots of family stuff. I want to relax a little bit more. Priorities are changing. You know, I, I want to have a bit more, um, you know, food enjoyment. Yeah. I don't want to stress so much or obsess so much. I'm prepared to, I accept that I'm prepared to put on about two to three kilograms. Yeah. Or maybe you're prepared to put on five kilograms. Mm. Or maybe you say, you know what, anything up to five kilograms is what I'll accept. And I think knowing this in the beginning is going to take away a lot of your stress. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than every holiday. What you don't want to be doing is you don't want to be obsessing every holiday about every meal and beating yourself up about it. Yes. So decide where you want to get to and then figure out your strategy. But I think the key is to actually really value that choice. Yeah. You know, I mean... Finances can cause a big stress for people, yeah. but we are willing to spend money on things we really enjoy. Yeah. Like we, we're losing money, oh no, but we're doing it willingly because we're actually getting something valuable in return. Like yeah. even if it's just going out to a really expensive restaurant, yeah. sure, you could make the stuff at home yourself. Why would you spend so much money? You're doing it for the experience. Sure. The same for holidays. Okay, why would you choose to gain weight? Well, it's because I value this family experience or this cultural experience. Exactly. And it's just about drawing a line in the sand about knowing how far you're willing to go. Yeah. So when you're listening to this now, think about where are you willing to end this experience on this holiday? And you know, what, what I find really helps is to look at your past years and to see what might progress look like. Mm. You know, I know for old Eric, when I was very unhealthy, very overweight, um, going to the Christmas holidays or the December holidays would normally see me gaining about five or six kilograms, maybe even seven. Yeah. That was normal. And I had to spend the first half of the year taking that off kgs on a holiday. Exactly. But then I started getting fit and healthy. I wasn't quite there yet. I was still figuring things out. The same holidays came and okay, I only gained four kilograms. That's progress. I was excited. Exactly. Like I was actually happy to gain four kilograms because it wasn't seven. Exactly. And the same thing now, okay, uh, if, I can, if I can get to these holidays right now only having gained two kilograms, I am excited because I know two kilograms is not a big deal. Uh, it's completely reasonable. Yeah. And to me, that is progress and is what I'm happy about. So I really encourage you guys to, to think about what would progress this year look like compared to last year? Yeah, and, and I think I've, I've got some personal thoughts about this topic mm. in my own life that might help people listening or give them some ideas how, how they might approach it yeah like in, so guys in my personal experience what i what i did for many years was i would get into good shape during the year yeah and then i would take off in the holidays mm. and for those two to three weeks i literally you know all or nothing kind of thinking yeah i would basically just like eat with wild abandon for those two three weeks and my whole thinking was ah you know what in the new year I can deal with this. I know what to do. I'll be able to quickly lose the weight. And you've deserved it, right? You've worked hard during the year. Exactly. And, and what I found from experience is that every year I found that it actually took me longer oh, yeah. than I anticipated 
to undo the holiday damage. And not just harder, but not just longer, but harder. Yeah, and so exactly. So I found it was harder. And, and so what I actually found was it would take me until about, uh, let's say the holiday, January, February. For me, it's March, only april Almost April. Yeah. It would take me till about April to feel really great again. Mm. Like, you know, to me, really great is when I want to whip my, my shirt off and walk down the promenade and feel really mm-hmm. proud. Yeah. Like, that's like kind of my yardstick. Mm. And it would take me till about April. And I started to realize, you know what? That three weeks of binging was not worth the three months of hard work. Because, you know, I work on, you know, once you've lost the water weight, the initial water weight, I generally work on about losing four to 500 grams a week. Yeah, now, I think it's quite reasonable. You know, if you think about it, a couple of kilograms, three to, uh, four to 500 grams a week, and you're going to have some weekends where you stall, etc. You know, that, that adds up to a long period of time. Yeah. So I've decided in my own personal life, um, I'm going to use strategies which I'm going to share with you on today's podcast how to come out of the holidays how i went in mm. because i've realized it's not worth the pain of constantly starting again so that's just for me personally something you might want to consider and the tools that i'm going to share with you today are all designed to make sure that if i go into the holiday at 90 kgs i'm coming out of the holiday at 90 kgs so we can dig into those so what is the first first strategy okay so basically, the first things first, if you've now decided where your parameters are mm. and you've set your boundaries, is to keep awareness um, or keep mindful of where you're at. You know, okay. are you slipping down that slope? Now, for me, it's about weighing and measuring as regularly as possible. Okay. Now, I'm not saying obsessively measuring your food, counting calories, that kind of thing. Mm. I'm saying like, I happily step on the scale every day. Mm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not... So just data for you. Just exactly. I'm going to not yeah. stop doing that because the reason why is let's say I'm going into the holiday at 85 kilograms. Mm. Like if I want to come out at 85 kilograms, I want to see if I suddenly creep up to 87. Yeah. Because if I'm not aware of it, mm. you know, sometimes it's hard to tell with your clothes yeah. when you're a little bit bloated, when you're eating high calorie meals, it's hard to tell if you're actually putting on weight or yeah. you know wh- wh- what's going on. So that is one thing that I do. But, you know, if you are someone who doesn't like the scale, you can use any means of measurement. It could be your clothes. Mm. It could be how you look in the mirror. Yeah. Um, you know, when I traveled overseas for six weeks, I knew I wouldn't have access to a scale. Mm. So what I did was I had a Keep It Real t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Now, this was an idea a friend of mine, Richard, gave me. He's, yeah. you know, he's got this Keep It Real t-shirt where essentially I took my Sleek Geek t-shirt, which was a medium, yeah. and when I left, it felt good on me, like it had, the great, nice, it had a yeah. great fit, but it's one of those t-shirts where if I'm a little bit overweight, it's tight. Yeah. It felt good on me, and I said to myself, you know, when I come back in six weeks' time, I want to still feel great in this t-shirt. Okay. So all I did was throughout the trip, uh, you know, every couple of days, I'd put that t-shirt on and see where I was at. Mm. And if suddenly it started feeling a little bit tighter, I'd be like, whoa, let me just rein it in a little bit. Right. And I found that that strategy means It's a that pretty I, good feedback loop there. Exactly. So, you know, you don't need to be stepping on the scale every day. But all I'm saying is, is like, have some awareness. Yeah. If things are really going out of the direction of, of what you wanted to do. Nice. Okay. So that's the first step. Um, you know, now the next step, which um, I like to talk about is, you know, meals of meaning. Yeah. You know, we've, we've spoken before in other podcasts that emotional eating is not only a negative thing. Yeah. You know, as humans, we use food to socialize and have enjoyment. 
For sure. It's like if you, if you give someone a birthday cake, you're making them feel good with the cake, right? Exactly. In a that's, positive that's way. That's a form of emotional eating, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, there are spaces for that. So mm. I think the first thing that people need to do is you are setting yourself up for failure if you feel like you're going to stick to some rigid, hard, restrictive diet over yeah. the holidays. Yeah. Because sitting there at family functions and, and often what a lot of people do is they'll go away to a holiday home. Mm. They'll be surrounded by a house full of people who are on a different page. Yeah. So here's the person, you know, they, they said, I'm going to have this strict diet. They're now living in a house, in our, you know, in, in, in Bartonosta somewhere where the house is just full of junk food. Totally different want. environment. Exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden the cupboards are full of all the foods they wouldn't normally have at home. And they now spend three weeks in this, Terrible, like trying to have the willpower every day, and then they oh, they give in, and yeah. then, a little bit. then they go all in, exactly. And then they like mow through everything, yeah. and it's just stress. Okay. So, so basically, what what I like to do is I like to say try and make your high calorie moments have some kind of meaning. Mm. Now, here's an example. You know, for example, a beautiful bride with your family. Yeah. You know, don't obsess too much about things, but. You don't get any meaning out of sitting at the coffee table by yourself, you know, just shoving rusks down your throat. Exactly, basically just binging your way through oh. a whole bunch, you know. So make those meals of meaning. Yeah. Do they actually add value? Like maybe they don't add value to you in terms of they're not healthy meals, they're not the right calorie balance, balance kind of meals. Yeah. But they are adding value to your life through emotion, through culture. Is through it special? Connection. Is it taste? Like yeah. is this special? It's almost like you know when I was a smoker. Like anyone who smoked can identify with this. Yeah. If you're a smoker, you smoke, like I smoked a box and a half a day. So call that 20 to 30 cigarettes a day. Yeah. I can tell you right now as a smoker, about a million of the cigarettes that you smoke are unmemorable. Yeah. And have no meaning. And for those of listeners, he used to be a smoker. It just sounds the way he's expelling it. That's, smoker, you're not yeah. a smoker no, anymore. No, no, no. no. I'm just sound a bit like I'll never smoke <laughs> again. <laughs> But I'm, now, I'm thinking, you know, as a smoker, all, this, all the other smokes in your day, yeah. you don't remember, but smokers like to romanticize okay. that, that, that one smoke where they were staring out over the sunset and they had that drink uh-huh. and like it was a very special, beautiful moment. Yeah. And they romanticize and people, when they want to give up smoking, they only remember those special the good ones. Yeah. So I'm saying, what's the test for meals of meaning is, was it special? Oh. You know, is it something, and it doesn't even have to be something you shared with other people, but was it special? So make your calories special mm. and not meaningless. You know, I like to always say, like, be a snob about this kind of stuff. Like, yes. you know, be a junk food snob. If you're going to have some dessert, have the best dessert. Have a, go for the expensive stuff. Really treat yourself in, in buying the good quality ingredients. A yeah. fresh, don't get the cheap stuff. Because you won't really appreciate it as much. Yeah. And it, it will make it more special. Not so, even expensive, but good. Like, you know, sometimes you get good stuff that's not even that expensive. But like, mm. you know, there's no point wasting your calories. Like, t- here's a stupid example. Like yeah. Potato salad. Yeah. You know, now for me, I'm a potato salad snob in a sense that I like certain kinds of mayonnaise. Yeah. You know, like I don't like the taste of certain brands. Mm. So for me to eat potato salad with a brand that I don't like. It's a waste. Would be a waste of calories. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, this potato salad's okay. Whereas if it was potato salad with my favorite mayonnaise, yeah. Crossing Blackwell. Yeah. And they're not sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> then I'd be like, hmm, like this potato salad is awesome. It's been worth all the calories. Yeah, I get you completely. I really think it's it's important to add meaning to your meals, whether it's enjoyment or whether it's connections yes. and things like that. Um, 
don't you know don't let the the meaningless alone lonely kind of meals the things that 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 uh disrail you derail you you know don't let that be your downfall don't be the you know you wake up in the morning and you eat things you don't really need to eat yeah make it make it actually worth the while exactly okay so the next tip that i want to give people is the budget principle okay? okay now the budget principle is something where if you think about it each day or you know each few days or let's just say with each day mm. you've got a kind of budget of calories yeah now first of all i want to say that you don't need to count calories i'm just mentioning calories because calories is the unit yeah they matter know? calories do count you exactly. just don't need to count them next, exactly so. if you eat too many calories you put on weight so yeah. i'm not saying you please don't count calories necessarily in your holiday but what I'm saying is you need to approach every day with this idea of I've got so much budget mm. to spend. Okay. So, you know, it's like having money. I've got so much money to spend today. Yeah. So if I'm going to, if I want to spend a lot of money tonight, I've got to spend less money less during, during the, day. the day. And this is a great way to manage things. I found when I traveled, yeah. this helped me a lot. Like specifically, if you've got planned events, like for example, you know, tonight is a family dinner. Mm. You know tonight is going to be high in calories. You know tonight's going to be a three-course meal. Yeah. Then don't have a fry-up breakfast that day. Yeah, have a lower-calorie breakfast. Exactly, yeah. have a lower-calorie breakfast or skip that breakfast, mm. fast that breakfast. Or, you know, have a nice, healthy salad for lunch. Because, I mean, Eric, you also mentioned a good habit was to try and just have a salad each day. Yeah, you know, I've got like certain meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which I know are lower-calorie, but still healthy and filling. Yes. You know, something like having a, a protein smoothie where I've got maybe some protein powder and some oats. Uh, I know that's going to fill me up. I know it's not going to be a calorie bomb. Yeah. Um, it's going to give me more calories to work with later in the day. Same with salads, if you make it right. If you're shoving olives and fats and olive oil and a whole bunch of high-fat things. A low-calorie salad. It could be quite high. But, you know, like a, a leafy plant-based salad yeah. with a bit of chicken or tuna thrown in, yeah. uh, it's a great way to help you stay on track. So my recommendation to people is to look at the meals they enjoy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and identify the ones that are likely to be lower in calories. Yeah. And you can schedule those into your day when you know you're going to have a higher calorie meal later. Exactly. So, so basically for me, it's about picking your battles, like being strategic about, mm. you know what, these are going to be like high calorie moments. Yeah. And, and what you've always got to be doing is I almost feel like, you know, if, if you talk about like a pendulum or have balance, you've got to balance out your high calorie moments with really good choices. Yeah. And that is going to keep you in check. The way people gain lots of weight during the holidays is when they have an all or nothing mentality and they literally just eat badly yeah. all day every day and the snowballs and adds up and adds up and adds up yeah. exactly so you've got to have quite a measured approach yeah now the good news why should you do this because guys if you have a measured approach like this it is a great way to still have those moments of enjoyment mm. and it not having a big impact on you you know it, this is really really important guys because it makes all the difference imagine this imagine two days like i mentioned day one is you wake up you, you have quite a low-calorie fulfilling breakfast, like Eric said, some oats and whey, or you have two or three boiled eggs and some crunchy vegetables. Uh, you know, for lunch, you have that, that, that chicken salad, mm. and then you go and you have that decadent dinner. Versus guy two who wakes up, has you know, bacon and eggs, 
lunch, goes out for lunch, has a pizza for lunch, and then goes and has that high calorie meal for supper. Mm. You can just see Adds what a so different story that is. Yeah. Now, the thing is, guy one is going to end up at the end of the holiday being yeah. pretty much where he started. Yeah. Guy two is going to put a whole bunch of weight. So, guys, think about that. You know, measure that. And, and I said use fasting as a tool. Now, you know, I'm only just saying that because I think, and, and a better way to teach this is what we teach our coaching clients, is we teach people to eat when they're hungry. Eat only when they're hungry. Yeah. Exactly. Eat only when you're hungry. So I would say that this is a tool that you can apply in your holidays is to really try and only eat when you're hungry. Mm. And, you know, rather than, you know, because it is a time that you have less structure. Yeah. Um, so you can afford to maybe do that. So try and figure out with every meal, we have a should, need and want eat um, mm. formula that we use with our coaching clients. Yeah. And essentially, what we say to people is each time that you're going to eat, ask yourself, am I eating this because I want to eat it? Mm. Am I eating this because I need to eat it? Mm. Or am I eating this because I should eat it? Yeah, I feel like I should eat it. Yeah. Exactly. So just explain those quickly because this is a very powerful tool. And it's powerful because it brings you conscious as to why you're eating. Mm. And if you feel like eating for the wrong reasons, you can actually put a check in it. If you feel like you're eating for the right reasons, you can just you know, carry on without any stress. Absolutely. You know, when you need to eat, you, you feel genuinely hungry. You can actually yeah. feel your stomach rumbling. Yeah. Maybe you, you're very low on energy. Maybe there's certain signs that you can really recognize that you, this is true physical hunger. Yeah. And you're probably willing to eat just about anything. Exactly. Like need, you're not craving a eat, very specific need food. Need to eat, you would have anything. Like I, exactly. mean, I know when I'm like in a work day and I need to eat, yeah. it could be a carrot or boiled egg. You know, like, it's like, I need to eat right now. I remember when I was growing up, I said, Mom, I'm hungry. And she's like, have an apple, have a carrot. I'm like, Ugh. No, that's not food. She's like, well, then you're not hungry. Not I, want a, I want a snack which. Exactly, exactly. Well, how hungry are you? Yeah. Like, are you willing to eat boiled fish and broccoli? That's hungry. It's true, because yeah, the, the, the next one is, do you want to eat? Like, are you, are you simply craving something to eat? Are you, do you just want the taste? Do you want something to keep you entertained because you're bored? And... You know, if you identify that you want to eat, you have two decisions. One, you can say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to wait until I truly need to eat. Yeah. Or two, I'm going to eat now, but I'm going to make smarter choices. I'm going to have less than I'd ideally like to have. Uh, I'm going to choose foods that are slightly lower in calories than others. Yeah. And you can then also you know, weigh up those trade-offs. Sure. I mean, one, one could just be something decadent. Yeah. You know, for example, we're on our road trip. We stop at the farm store mm. and they have these beautiful babuti little sausage rolls. Mm. You know, like, I mean, I'm not hungry. Yeah. I don't need to eat. But as soon as you smell those, like, But ooh. I want, I want that babuti sausage roll. Yeah. You know, and I, I acknowledge to myself mm. that I'm not eating it because I'm hungry. I'm eating yeah. it because I want it. And I accept the consequence of that in, in my plan. And mm. so, you know, I think that it's very important that people understand that that's a choice yeah. that you're making. And I think a lot of people have FOMO around that, you know, fear of missing out. They, they see something nice, whether it's dessert or a baburti or whatever, like, oh, I really don't want to miss out on that. What if it tastes amazing? Yeah. Well, what's the worst that could happen if you don't have it? You know, sure. like, what, what, like, if you just say, okay, well, I, I want that, but like, I'm not hungry. Yeah. So what is the worst that could happen? Sometimes people feel like they're going to die because they don't get it. Yeah. But you know, what's the worst that could actually happen? But also, you know, I'm a big fan of taking responsibility in the sense that, like, sometimes it's okay to acknowledge that it's, you know, like, I mean, some, like, for me, something like that's sentimental. Yeah. My dad and I always used to stop at the oatmeal. Okay, that's I fair mean, enough. You know, so for me, if so there's adding value there, I'm happy to do yeah. it. 
But I accept the consequences. Yeah. I don't have to talk myself out of it. But it's not like some random thing just popped up and you had no meaning attached. You're just bored and you want to eat it. No, exactly. Yeah, okay, that's exactly. Fair. There's some decadence associated to it as well. And then the last one is should. Yeah. Do you feel like you should be eating? Maybe it's it's, it's that time of the day. Like it's just 10 o'clock. Oh, it's lunchtime. Like I eat lunch every day. I should Yeah. Eat everyone else around me is eating. So maybe I should too. But you don't actually have to. Sure. You know? So, so that's around routines. Mm. I should be eating, but should can also very much be around an obligation when yeah. out of politeness, everyone yeah. else, you know, so this granny offered me a cookie. I should take it. I can't yeah. say no. Yeah. Like it's really impolite or we're sitting around and everybody is having a drink. Mm. I should have a drink. So ideally you want to kind of find ways to either make better choices in that moment. Like, can you, like is, is there healthy if everyone's eating what's the healthy option you can have yeah. or if you have to eat the cookie you can eat the cookie but you don't have to then go back for 10 more yeah you know you can eat smaller versions of it or ideally you can wait until you need to physically eat i mean people don't realize this but they often eat just purely out of social obligation yeah i mean i've i've sat down at meetings before where the person I met was going to meet for coffee orders breakfast. Mm, and now you I want to too. I wasn't yeah. even hungry, yeah. but I, I feel like it's polite for me to join that person. Yeah. And I ate really for no reason. Yeah. So that's should. So guys, figure out whether you're eating because you need to eat, you want to eat, or you should eat. And that, you know, I started that off that train of thought around understanding hunger mm. and saying using fasting as a tool. Now, at Sleek Geek, we don't push intermittent fasting as a strategy. Yeah. But fasting is useful in a sense that when I say fasting, I mean sometimes skipping a meal is helpful. Or delaying a meal, yeah. Or delaying a meal. Yeah. You know, or, or having a smaller, like, filler. Yeah. So sometimes instead of having a full-blown lunch, mm. I might just have, like, you know, two boiled eggs and a carrot. Yeah. And it was actually all I needed. Yeah. But I didn't have to have a big lunch. Absolutely. Um, you know, and so I find that those kind of things help me. I, I generally like to skip breakfast mm. on, a day, on a day that I know is going to be a high calorie day. Whereas, you know, for me, on the other hand, sometimes I find that having breakfast, a good breakfast is something I can control because I wake up, I'm in my own kitchen while I know what I'm going to have for breakfast. I'm not out and about. So I can take control and I can say, okay, I'm going to have a healthy breakfast today. Yeah. And this kind of talks to your next point of saying never miss twice yes. or only having one bad meal. So I like to try and make sure every morning during the holidays, my breakfast is healthy. So it sets a, sets a good start to the day. Yeah. And the reason I like this is because what many people do is they have a bad meal in the evening, like they'll, they'll eat junk food in the evening or they have a decadent meal and then they let it snowball. They wake up in the morning, okay, now they're gonna have some chocolate for breakfast that they got given. Yes, yes. Or now they're gonna have a rusk, but now they're gonna, then they're gonna get donuts for lunch and it just snowballs mm. one meal into the next into the next. Yes. But if you find a way to interrupt that, yes. So if you have a, an unhealthy meal, make the next one healthy. Yes. Like only one bad meal and then get back on track. Because Never miss twice. You know, everyone kind of, everyone slips up from time to time. Yeah. Even the most successful people. Sure. But the most successful people get back on track yeah. as soon as possible. They, they are fast. They get up fast. They get back on track fast. I and having agree. a healthy breakfast is a great way to do that automatically. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you can see, like the, you guys have heard, Eric and I are both like two totally different strategies. Mm. And you know, that's the they whole both point. Work, yeah. That's the whole point is everyone's got to find a method that works for them. Yeah. I don't even get hungry in the morning. Like for me, you know, that's the other thing is do things that are in, that are intuitively easier for you. Mm. You know, if you're someone who typically eats breakfast, don't fast breakfast if you're going to be thinking about food all morning. Yeah. I mean, They'd rather have a healthy breakfast like Eric suggested. Absolutely. If you're like me, 
who I don't even think about food till midday. Yeah. Like for me, it's actually, I almost have to remind myself to have breakfast. And if you were forced to have breakfast, you'd probably gain weight or you wouldn't lose weight because you'd be eating more calories than you need to. Exactly. So, 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 so find that formula for yourself. But you know, my dad, my late father, bless his soul, mm. you know, he, uh, he always used to say, oh, in for the penny, in for the pound. Mm. Now that's the kind of thinking that you want to avoid yeah. this holiday. And that's why this never miss twice rule or, you know, Only one bad meal, meal yeah. that Eric described is so good because people do do that. They, mm. they, they tend to, you know, I've done this in a holiday before. You know, you have a bad meal and you say, ah, you know, now nah, I'm, I'm rather just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this and yeah. I'll sort out at the end of the holiday. Yeah. But if the holiday is two weeks later, you can do a massive amount of damage. Absolutely. I mean, I've put on 10 kgs in a two week, in a two week holiday. Like people don't realize, like if you are just really over consuming constantly for that period of time, mm. that's why breaking it up with these healthier, better choices in between. Absolutely. It's yeah. just gonna, it's just gonna make things so much better. And you know, the, the Never Miss Twice rule also applies to other areas of life, like exercise or sleep. Yeah. You know, if you miss a workout, okay, cool. Do, when's the next, the next opportunity to get back on track? When can you do your next workout? Yeah. Like when can you be more active again? Like don't wait until next week, Monday, to do your workout and start your routine again. Get back on track ASAP. Or if you have a late night, absolutely. make sure the next day you start the day planning, how am I gonna get to sleep early tonight? Like how can I get back on track quickly? Never miss twice. Absolutely, now another really great habit which I found so useful is to be as active as possible during For the sure. holiday. You know, like literally, you know, we've discussed this many times, Eric, where, you know, it's funny that people say, when, they, when they're busy during the year, mm. when they're working, they say, I don't have time to go to the gym. Yeah. I don't have time to be active. Now you've got all the time in the world and then you spend three weeks not doing one active thing. Yeah. You know, you spend three weeks not going for a run. And you spend three weeks not going, you know, doing a workout and you complain all year. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. True. It is true. But I get it. People want to rest. They don't yeah. associate. Because I think the problem is people associate exercise almost as a punishment rather yeah. than a pleasure. Yes. And, and they want to, you know, they, they, they just want to, they only want to do pleasurable things. Mm. But being active doesn't have to be hard work always. Going for walks you know, with the family. Going for a walk could be relaxing. It could be a way to deeply connect with a friend or family member. Yep. It could be having fun. You could go out dancing or you could do something that you enjoy. You could play with your dog, play with the kids. You could play a game or come some kind of sport. Yeah. And that's also a form of activity that just gets you moving, gets you burning calories. At the very least, I think a daily walk mm. is like a really good thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just keep moving. And, and I actually, I really, I find that if I can train during the holidays, mm. it really just helps me keep in a good, fit, healthy mindset. Absolutely. Like an anchor habit for all your other healthy habits, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I also, I like exercising when there's no pressure. You know, during the work week, you, you limited the time. Got it in and out. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, I love going to the gym and mosing around and having a cup of coffee there mm. and just not feeling pressurized. Yeah, it is a good feeling. You know, so yeah. or, or when you're away on holiday, you know, running in like a different place. Mm. It's always fun. Like when you, when I was traveling overseas, like I loved, I ran around in Prague. And Exploring, I, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. It was nice to like yeah. run in a different place. Yeah. Um, so, so try whatever it, whatever it means for you, whatever level you're at, be as active as possible. When people want to do activities, when the family wants to do things, suggest things that are going to involve getting people moving. Exactly. If you're bored, don't open social media and turn on the TV. Get up and go for a walk. Like find ways to just build activity into your day. 
and this can, this can work for weekends as well, right? Like, yeah. I find, like, what really helps me is I schedule workouts for the weekend. Like, I, do, I aim to do four workouts a week. Yeah. I do two of them during the week and two of them on the weekend. Yeah. Now, I know other people who will try and schedule all their workouts during the week and maybe don't always get them because they're so busy. Yeah. But they have this rule where like, I don't work out on weekends. Weekends are for relaxing. Sure. But for me, you have the time, you have the energy, get the workouts in on the weekend or schedule them for during your holidays. Yeah. And you'll find you'll be able to be much more active. But absolutely, like being active is going to help you enjoy the holiday more. And it's also going to buy you some more calories. Mm. You know, it's going to diminish the effects of overeating. Um, so use that as another way to, um, you know, to offset any damage that you might do. Um, then another really powerful tool, guys, is to eat slowly to 80% full. Mm. Now, this is the major portion control tool that we teach our coaching clients. Yeah, and it works like magic. It really works like magic. You know, you don't have to count calories. You don't have to do all those things. If you just slow down and you eat slowly, yeah. you're going to reduce the amount of food that you need to feel full. And then very importantly, if you can just remember some keywords, eat to be satisfied, not stuffed. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know what feeling stuffed feels like. Yeah, like well, what, is, what is 100% for? What is 120% for? You can kind of imagine uncomfortable, maybe even got to undo a few belt buckles. It's not fun to feel stuffed. Not at all. And maybe that's appropriate, like maybe on that one Christmas Day meal, mm. but like it's not appropriate every day of your holiday. Absolutely, yeah. You know? Like, so if you can aim to get, stop at 80%, it's before you get full, just where you're satisfied. Like if you stop now, you wouldn't still be hungry. You know, yeah. And you'll find that within 10, 20 minutes of stopping, your brain kind of catches up and goes, oh, okay, I actually am quite full now. You know, it's getting signals from your stomach. You had food. Yeah. I'm actually not that hungry anymore. So it's a good thing I stopped now rather than kept eating until I felt hungry. Well, I mean, it's not nonsense. I mean, it, it is a fact that there is that like like a a delay, delay yeah. between your brain and your stomach. They say about 20 minutes. Mm. So ultimately, you know, you might feel that you're not yet full, yeah. but in fact you are. You're not getting those cues. Absolutely. So that's why you stop a little bit earlier because yeah. you are actually in fact full. Yeah, it's very that's true. Just you know a really good reason to do that. And these kind of habits go hand in hand. You know, if if you want to stop when you get to eighty percent full, roughly, you have to eat slowly so you can actually notice when you get there. Yeah. Like, there's no like gauge that fills up and ah, eighty percent full, cool, I can stop. Yeah. You gotta actually slow down. You gotta enjoy it. You gotta, you know, put your utensils down in between bites. You gotta have some water. You gotta, um, you know, try and talk to people, engage them, look around. Don't just inhale your food yeah. or eat mindlessly while you're watching TV or something like that. Actually, find a way to slow down, taste your food, chew it, think about the flavors you're getting, think about the textures you're enjoying. Really enjoy it, and you appreciate it more. Exactly. And you know, we've done, guys, we've done this with thousands of clients mm. and people are blown away because it sounds like such a silly, simple thing. Yeah. Just eat more slowly. Yeah. But think about it. I bet you that 99% of the people listen to the podcast, you probably will feel food down like someone's going to steal it from you mm. when you sit down for a meal. Yeah. You know, people are in such a rush yeah. and, you know, they eat at their computers and, and everyone's so rushed, like people really eat fast. Mm. And... What happens is you don't actually, you, you're not in touch with your satiety cues. Yeah. You don't know that you are full or satiated. And it's a big problem. I mean, I'll challenge you. You know, the next time you sit down to have anything, even if it's a, a you know, junk food, whatever it is, 
you know, if you slowed down and you ate slowly, I promise mm. you, you'd require less. I mean, I've done this experiment with some biltong mm. where basically, you know, I, I found that if I, if I, if I open up a packet of biltong, if I put like a handful of it in my mouth, mm. like I normally eat biltong, and then you know what it's like, like you've got another handful in your Ready hand to go, like lined before up. Before you've even like, you're yeah. still chewing this handful, you've got another handful, yeah. you know, and if, Oh, actually, even a better example is popcorn. But anyway, so if I went just took like one or two pieces at a time and I mm. chewed them until I took the next piece, what I find is that I'm not even halfway into the packet mm. and I actually feel like I've had enough. Yeah. And it's weird mm. because if I'd wolfed that thing down by the handful, I would have polished that packet. Yeah. And then I'm still thinking like, where's the next packet? Yeah. So same thing, try eat a box of popcorn one kernel at a time. <laughs> and you'll see what a different experience it is. For sure, it's, it's a great experiment to do. And even just timing yourself, the next time you sit down to eat, put your stopwatch on, on your phone, yeah. and just look and see how long does it actually take you to eat? Because most people, they're done within five minutes. Yeah. Like, no matter how big the meal is, they're done. Like, they just wolf it down. If you can just add another five minutes on, and eventually add another five minutes on, yeah. to see how you can slow it down slightly. Even if you don't actually manage just slow down a lot or you don't manage to stop at 80% full. Yeah. The idea is simply having the intention. You're sitting down with the intention yes. of eating slower and eating more mindfully so that you end up eating less. Absolutely. Just the intention hops. And I think, you know, because it's the holiday season, it would be a bit remiss if we didn't talk about drinking calories. Yeah. You know, because like idea. for the holiday season, calories is such, I mean, drinking is like a big part of people's holidays. Absolutely. You know, I'm not much of a drinker yeah. at all, but I understand like alcohol is a part of people's lives. And it's very and social. It seems to be a lot more around in the holidays. Yeah. And as we know, there's a lot of calories in alcohol. Mm. And, you know, so what you can do is you can end up drinking a lot of calories. Yeah. So some strategies for that is, first of all, you can maybe make better choices mm -hmm. around the alcohol that you choose. Yes. For example, rather than drinking cocktails all the time, which can be very sugary and full of alcohol. And easy to drink quickly. Maybe you drink a whiskey and water, or mm. maybe you drink a, um, you know, for example, I like to have gin. Mm. Like when I go away for the weekend, I'll have gin and there's a sugar-free tonic that you can buy. The yeah. Indian tonic, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I strategically do that because that versus a normal gin and tonic is about a third of the calories. It's a big drink, but it's a lot less, yeah. Or if you like beer, for example, you know, Castle Light mm. versus, we're not sponsored by Castle either, but yeah. Vintuk Light versus a normal Vintuk or Castle beer, yeah. there's actually a massive difference in calories. And you know, or I like beer shandies. Yeah. So what I'll That's do- That's a great way of dilute it, yeah. What I'll do is I'll, I'll take a bit of beer and then some, some diet soda, some Sprite Zero. Mm. I know it's poison, I know. <laughs> You know, it's funny, everyone wants to tell you that that stuff will kill you. But they're quite happy to down a few beers. <laughs> so, so anyway, so a beer shandy. So all of, you've got to be a bit strategic about yeah. your alcohol intake. Yeah. And then also just, you know, try not to mindlessly consume constant calories, mm. you know, through liquid. Yeah. I like, I also like to, you know, uh, alternate. I mean, something I find works really well for me is if I go to an event or even just start with family where I know they're going to be having drinks for several hours. Like I'm going to have more than one drink. The first thing I'll do is I'll start with a low calorie, non-alcoholic drink. Yeah. Water, coffee, Coke Zero, something like that. Yeah. It just, it gets me started. I don't down it quickly. It, it, it literally puts me one drink behind everyone else. Yeah. Then I'll have it, I'll have an alcoholic drink. And then the next drink again will be a low calorie, non-alcoholic drink. And I, I, I alternate back and forth like that. And I find that 
I think many people can relate that when you start drinking alcohol, there seems like this bottomless pit of, you can just drink like so many glasses of wine or so many beers yes. and it almost doesn't fill you up. But you struggle to drink like two glasses of water a day. Yeah. For some reason, there's something about that that actually seems to fill you up more. So when you start alternating, it kind of just slows things down and it makes you feel fuller. And you suddenly can't drink eight beers in one sitting because you've been having four glasses of water in between. Absolutely, that's a really good works. Tip. It works really well. That's and it just, it just keeps you on track. Um, it also keeps you sober. Like, honestly, like, I think as soon as you... Alcohol doesn't pay your judgment. I know yeah. we all like think it doesn't. Yeah. We all like to pretend that we are immune to it or we know how to handle it. But it does. Like, when you start drinking alcohol, you're going to make worse food choices. You're going to make worse drink choices. And your plan is just going to slowly dissolve in front of your eyes. You know, if you have Absolutely. a fancy strategy on how you're going to stay on track with your food... You're going to eat slowly, eat 80% full, you're going to enjoy it mindfully. But if you're too tipsy to remember, yeah. next thing you know, you're shoveling 10 mince pies down your, down your throat. Exactly. I mean, it all, it all kind of like, you know, it's pouring petrol on the fire. Yes. But you know what? Like people who listen to our podcast will know that we talk about environment design every podcast. Yeah. And we talk about it again. Good. Because I think that's one of the last tips that I want to share is I was just remembering the nightmare holiday mm. that I had. I stayed with my sister and her kids in Heart Bay. Yeah. And they, they like yeah. sweets and chocolates. Yeah. But what they did was they would go and buy, like literally I've never seen so many sweets and chocolates in my life. Like they filled the cupboards. Yeah. You know, there was every kind of chips that you, packet of chips you could think of. There were slabs of chocolate. Like you could go shopping were, inside the kitchen. Exactly. There were packets of all different kinds of sweets. Yeah. And you know what? You can have all the willpower in the world. Yeah. You know, but it was just everywhere. Yeah. And I even like, they would put it on, on the counters and I started packing it in the cupboards to try and get it out. <laughs> Hiding away, yeah. I just couldn't get away from this stuff. Yeah. And it was so easy. We'd sit down and we'd play board games and yeah. all this stuff would just come onto the table. Mm. And then it is so hard for anyone, even for someone like me, mm. Like, it was so hard to ignore. So I know that a lot of people listening to this, they're probably going to go to holiday homes, and I know that the situation might be different to how it is at home. Or they have their own kids, yeah. But if you can just, you know, the, the best thing that you can do is try and create an environment in your holiday that's going to set you up for success mm. more than failure. Mm. You know, try not to have the cupboards overflowing with all of the choices that you don't need. Mm. Um, you know, maybe have to go and, you know, maybe shop more often. Or make or, the, or just make the healthy foods more visible, more obvious, more accessible and the unhealthy foods exactly. less obvious, hidden away, out of reach. You know, exactly. like you go to the shops, where are the prime products laid out? High level. Exactly. You know, you open your fridge, Eye level, let the healthy foods be there, not with the jams and chocolates and sweets and cokes and exactly. beers. So it's not to say you can't have a few treats in the mm. house. It's just to say, like, don't let it be the overriding theme. To make it a bit harder to have. Yeah. If it's just everywhere, then, that, you know, that's really all you're going to be doing mm. on holiday. Yeah. So, so that's you know, a good point. So, yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, or if you, you know, if you're away on holiday, mm. you know, maybe say, okay, well, you indulge when you go out, you go out for dinner or whatever it is, but don't yes. bring back packets of junk food yeah. to your hotel room. Or, you know, whatever it is. Because you eat what you buy. Like, literally, if you're going to spend five minutes of willpower in the shops buying less junk food, yeah. then you won't have to spend all that willpower over the next 10, 20 days trying to resist the urge. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think as we veer to an end of this podcast, I do think that staying mindful is quite important in the sense that, 
you know, I don't know, there's no, this is not science. Eric's probably going to like look at me strange, but like I have this theory about like, you know, when I look, when I think about weekend weight gain, like my theory is, you know, the scale always fluctuates because what a lot of people don't understand is if you eat very high carbohydrate or sugary foods, your body tends to retain a little bit more water. So, you know, that we've all had that experience where you'll go stand on the scale on Monday and then it's two kgs more than it was on Friday. Yeah. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that you put on two kilograms of fat mm. or, or weight that's going to stay, stay around. It means you obviously are retaining a little bit more water. And I find that if I then have a really good day on Monday and I get to the gym and I use that energy oh, you're back to normal by Tuesday or Wednesday, it's back to what it was. Absolutely. So, so what I find is why I like to keep mindful and weigh myself during the holidays is I find like if I see suddenly there's a weight gain, all I need is a good day. Yeah. Like that and a good day doesn't mean depriving yourself, right? You don't have to go and like not eat for the whole day because often that causes... Yes, and don't do that. That caused like a slingshot effect of like an additional binge the following day. Absolutely. Just get yeah. back on track. Get to normal again. Don't do that. Absolutely. Like you, you've got a good point. Like don't mishear me, guys. I'm not saying starve yourself so that you can afford to have splurges. I like, don't try and undo the damage. Just no, get back to normal. I'm get just, back to your plan. Exactly. Get back to normal, healthy eating. Get back to being active. Maybe that next day, skip anything over, like, indulgent. Yeah. And then the next day, you know, so basically just keep that balance. It's like a level. It's like mm. this level that, you know, it's moving up and down and you yeah. want to kind of try and keep it as close as you can. Yes. To, don't, don't veer off the path too much. Exactly. So just keep mindful of that. And I think that that is really going to help you. I mean, Eric, those are my major tips. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think it's a lot of great advice. I mean, it, well, we could spend hours and hours talking about this, but... I think it just comes down to being mindful and I think having a plan, like I think yeah. you don't have to plan every single meal, but it does help if you, if you know ahead yeah. what some of the healthy meals are that you plan to have. Yeah, and, and like we teach people all the time, get away from all or nothing thinking, guys. Here's two opposite sides of the scale you don't want to be on. You don't want to be the person who goes into a holiday saying, you know what, I'm not going to eat any junk this holiday I'm not going to make any mistakes. You don't want to be that person because yeah. you're setting yourself up for a failure and it often ends in tears. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to be the person who also says, you know what, it's my holiday. I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. I'm going all in and I'll deal with this in two weeks' time or three. You don't want to be that person either because that's going to be a world of pain. I mean, yeah. I think I might have mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but guys, I've learned from experience that I used to be that person. I used to work on my health all year and then I give myself two to three weeks off at the end of the year. And I could put on 10 kilograms in those three weeks. That, that holiday that I referenced with my sister, like we just ate and ate and ate and ate. And it was painful. It took me till basically till April mm. to get that weight off again. And I've decided like, I don't want that. Like I want to start my year. January, it's still summer. It's still like beach weather. Mm. I don't want to start my year having to fight and... And no, I mean, I'd rather just keep like an even kind of kill and, you know, it's just... Yeah, and you, you know how much easier it is when you start the new year not having to undo all the damage you did. Yeah. Like, I think most people don't know anything different. Yeah. They, they're just so used to, okay, January 1 come, they're going to spend the next four months undoing all the damage. Yeah. But I promise you, if you can start January 1 and actually be in a good place yeah. and you can just go straight on to chasing your goals like normal... Yeah. You'll make so much better progress, I promise you. I did that this year for the first time. And it was and it great. It feels amazing. Like this last holiday, like last December holidays, mm. 
and I went to plate and I went to like I did lots of cool things. Yeah. But I used the strategies that I've talked about today and I came back from my holiday feeling great, in shape, starting the year exactly where I wanted to. You just ahead of everyone else. Yeah. yeah. So thanks so that, guys. I think that was great. Elon, yeah. thank you. Those are some excellent tips. Yeah, guys, good luck. Enjoy the holidays. As, as we said, if it's not holiday time, you can use these tips to navigate your weekends. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Bye.